Welcome back to another episode of the Producer Grind Podcast. Got Carrington with me. What's good, y'all? Shout out to Sam. He couldn't be here today, um, but you know he'll definitely be back with us next week. But uh, in the building today, we got a good friend of ours, produced for Tokyo Jets, Lil Baby, Gunner, Thug, Rilo Rodriguez, Lil Duke, Harish Pablo Wam. Please welcome Matt Tazic. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do, what it do, what it ain't done yet. What it ain't done yet. What's oh, man, up, what's brought up? Him, he got himself his own drum roll. Yeah, yeah roll. man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think a lot of people got nothing to really do their own drum rolls. I know most of the end of the day, y'all probably, you know, put that little drum roll effect, but nah. Yeah, that's all cooking. Okay. Yeah, oh, you yeah, got, yeah, got yeah, his yeah, own yeah, yeah, keep it original. He got his own drum roll effects. <laughs> they keep it original, man. Everything. It was good, though, bro. How you doing today, man? <sighs> Busy, boy. I'd probably say 2018 What? 2018 will probably have to be one of the most busiest years from so far uh, for music, though. Because, I mean, probably, like, now I'm just getting the hang of, you know, the whole Atlanta lifestyle out here and everything from Alabama. Just, it's kind of dope. Yeah, talk it's kind of confusing, too, at the same time. Talk about that a little bit. You, how long you been in Atlanta? Um, I've been in Atlanta since 2015. Um, okay. When I first came, well, I, I came up here because I, uh, I was doing beat battles mm. at first. So I kind of was getting my name out there by doing like little beat battles and everything. And like uh, from the beat battles, I was able to network with like few artists who was like judging that beat battles and stuff, you know, try to get they, you know, either got and get numbers or get, get Instagram information, you know, do a little network. And then like from there, I just kind of like connect the dots and then just kind of like how I am right now. You know, so being, what made you uh, what made you make the move out here? Did you feel like you have made enough connections? Did you <clears throat> Like you had won enough beat battles, or what was it that made you um, take that leap? Oh, wait, hold up, we didn't even introduce my man's over here. <laughs> look, 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 before, before anything, before anything, okay. Then my um, then my partner right here, this uh, Jay Rich, Jay Rich out of Mississippi. Uh, he's one of the members of Forty Eight Hertz, which is uh, which is a production group that we uh, that we just started this year. Um, we missing we missing one of our fellow members, which is presently presently in Birmingham right now. But mm-hmm. other than that. Like he's he's still with us in spirit, but <laughs> hey, <laughs> say he's still with us in spirit. No, I went ahead. And no, like for real, no, because, no, laugh. because the meaning behind President P, like everybody that's in the group, they kind of like they have their own little little characteristics. So when it comes down to like President P, President P is like that guy, like into like anime and so like Dragon Ball Z, Naruto and stuff. So when it comes down to like when I say he's gonna be us in spirit, that's kind of like yeah. He's actually like on spirit bombs, all that stuff. This yeah. guy, this guy, uh, all that, all that Goku, all that Goku mess, man. I promise, that's my boy, though. So what is uh, what is forty eight? It's kilohertz or forty eight hertz? Oh, uh, forty eight. Well, forty eight kilohertz. Okay, so well, a lot of people, it. a lot of people say it's forty eight hertz, mm-hmm. but it's forty eight kilohertz. The meaning behind forty eight kilohertz? Well, first thing first, you know, when it come down to the mastering phase. Uh, when it come when you know mixing sound down, most most engineers they uh, mixing in forty eight in forty eight kilohertz. Mm-hmm. When it come down to us, um, me, Jay Rich, and um, and Presley, we all actually um, we linked up like one regular day. Like it was so they they was in Birmingham or Jacksonville area. They came to Atlanta when I was uh, when we had the Lighthouse House Studio then uh, on the East Side location, and from there we had we was in there for like probably like two like, or three like two like like forty eight hours like two two three days straight just going mm. in on beats and stuff, and like around that time I was mixing a couple records, and when I was uh, when I had put I had forgot that I was um I had to put out this uh put out the records in forty eight hertz I mean forty eight kilohertz. 
So when I was looking at it and I was just thinking about it and I was looking at Prez like, yo, how, uh, how long we been up in the studio? Shoot, for like 40 hours. 40 hertz. We're going to mm, call the group. Mm. That. Just off the bat. Now, what's yeah. what's different in 48? Is 48 hertz versus 4,400? 44.1. 44.1. It's like a CD sample rate. Yeah. When you bounce it down like a... um. A CD when you getting it ready for the master, mm-hmm. you got, it's got to be like forty eight kilohertz. Is that a well known thing, or is that like yeah, do people make a mistake of only doing forty four? Because I don't, I don't do any master. It, I mean, unless you want to, like, unless like you want like a little rough draft. Isn't mm-hmm. it I mean, true? Isn't it true that like uh, the human ear can't even detect the difference though? Nah, not for real. That's it's what I've heard. But what you know, like. you know what? Uh, you know what? Crazy thing. I actually did um like back in high school. I had a senior project, and I was doing my senior project on like deaf community. Uh, well, like how music could actually affect. The deaf community and no cap deaf people can actually hear music they can feel it right? they can feel, right. feel they, you feel know like feel vibrations and yeah. everything so like um there was this guy there was this little concert i went to is the dude go by the name of seth he had this little concert i think it was like in the like new orleans area and like a lot of deaf people came out for that concert and and but he could he like but when it comes down to like deaf people when they be talking they had that little tongue i guess they'd be like they got that little lisp yeah but at the end of the day, you be able to like understand everything you're talking about, but he actually like using doing the sign language, actually communicating with them. So it's kind of dope. So he was doing sign language on the stage, and did he have a translator too? Oh no, he didn't even had no translator. He did it all himself, if, if, performing if, if, and sign language. Yeah, oh, had wow. a DJ, DJ behind him and everything, playing all wow. the music and everything. That's crazy. Crazy thing about it, like I never seen like a deaf mop, uh, a deaf mop pit. That's what I was crazy about. I was like a deaf mop. All right, deaf first. That's a first for all. That's a first for all. Man, you So uh talk to us about, you know, your move, like, you know, coming from Mobile to Atlanta. Like uh, t- tell us about like, you know, the leading up to it and you know what I mean? Okay. Um what made it happen. First, um I got um I first it was introduced to music probably like uh fourth grade. Um I had um, I had like a little vision that I wanted to like be in a band. So like my uh, my grandmother had went to like a pawn shop, got me like a little trumpet. And I kind of like started learning how to play the trumpet. I was playing trumpet in, in middle school, high school, and a little bit of college before I dropped out. Um, along the time, probably like high school uh, after I graduated high school, heading to college. Uh, I came across like two of my partners go by name of uh, Knuckles on the track and um, Bobby Kennedy. And both of them was um, both of them was in the little band, the little jazz band that we had in um, in college and stuff. So from there, um, they were doing production. They were doing music production and everything like they were making beats. And Bobby Kennedy, he was a singer. Making but beats he was on making FL? beats, too. On FL Studio? Um, they were like going back and forth. They were like they were using the FL Studio at the time. But Bobby Kennedy... <laughs> but Bobby Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy was like um was like a sing he was a um a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Who fixed the mic so you talk to it? Okay. My check, my check, my check, my check, my check, my check, my check. That better. Don't talk to the top. Oh. That better. Alright. <laughs> so like uh so that's what I was saying. Uh so um Bobby Kennedy was a songwriter. And from there, uh I kind of was being nosy and everything. So I had to, I was trying to figure out like what type of music they were doing. And they were telling me they were doing like, you know, a little audio engineering and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, then what I got to do? Well, shoot, they just told me to get a laptop. 
what I did, went to the pawn shop, got me a laptop. With the little, um, I guess, the little refund money I had from school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, you know, going ahead and buy yourself a new trumpet and stuff. So, got FS Studio, put on my laptop, starting learning how to make beats. Uh, dropped out of college. Uh, came across my cousin. He was doing he was doing studio work back in Mobile because he was an artist. And he brought me to his best friend, which was Ron G. Ron G is like one of my close best friends, but he's a mentor to me because um, he actually taught me the ropes before... I even thought about going coming out here to Atlanta. If I thought about even wanting to become an audio engineer, he just kind of just he taught, taught me everything. about like business, or he taught you about he taught just, me, like, just he, life in general. He taught me the business. He taught me the life. He taught me just just, just a role model, just the overall you know mm-hmm. overall the music what I need to look out for. Mm-hmm. So it's just like from there, it's so like okay, got the hang of it. Uh, soak soak all the information I can like in mobile for like for the past couple of years until like 2015. Um, before I made that transition to Atlanta, uh, one of my partners was telling me about this beat battle. So I went on ahead and, you know, signed up for the beat battle, just, you know, check to see how it is out here in Atlanta. Lost. Came back to Mobile, learned from my mistakes and everything else. Went back up there, did another beat battle, one from there. And then from there on out, it was just kind of like, a, it was just like a little momentum. It just mm. kept on going on, just kept on winning. Sometimes I probably lose, but at the end of the day, I just, I just like, I learned off of it. So at the end of the day, I just still feel like I'm winning. Mm. So, Yes, and then probably like 2000, uh, 2000, uh, I say it was like 2016, 2016 or 17, uh, came across, uh, this little engineer. He's a Grammy engineer, go by the name of, uh, Jeremiah Atkins. Uh, he did a lot of, uh, he did a lot of work for like, look, uh, Lecrae and a couple other artists, uh, Taylor Swift, like a lot of engineer work for them. And I was working at, uh, their studio out there in Scottsdale for a couple of years. And this is in Georgia? Yeah, it was in Georgia. It was probably like four. Wait, Scottsdale? Scottsdale, Georgia. Where is that at? It's like Decatur. Okay. okay. Well, okay. the outskirts of Decatur. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So like, I guess like the little in-between point between, uh, uh, I guess, like past on Mountain a little bit, mm-hmm. I guess. So, so you're just engineering out there? Yeah, I was just kind of like engineering, but at this time right. I was living in Snellville. So were you, were you doing, were you engineering as a job at this point or was it intern stuff? Like, um... Uh, it actually, it actually skipped. I actually skipped the intern stuff and went straight into you know just learn, just really just you know head first to go ahead and start engineering. Yeah. And why? How, why was that? It's because you already knew established a relationship with someone, or were you your skills already there? I feel like I feel like when it came, um, I feel like when it come down to, um, I felt like it was more, uh, show me what you could do. So it's like it was one day he had a he had a session and he probably like went out of town or somewhere and somebody had to be there to take the session. And so he just asked you. Yeah. Now yeah. how did you have those skills? How did you um know how to engineer? Like oh, have you been doing it before? Like a couple yeah, years before? Front front G, Ron G, okay. like I said, he was actually being my little mentor. He was actually being my personal and mentor at the okay. time. Like when everybody everybody was going to schools and everything, like going to SAE and everything. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to SAE, you know, going to, you know, like full sale, you know, be able to get your education. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it came down to me, I was the type of person that, like, I was looking forward to, like, learning more stuff to become an engineer and producer. Mm. So, like, I was waking up at times, like, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, call, my, call around GC where he at. Y'all want to push up on you at the studio. I mean, it doesn't matter. And then, like, I push up, started learning, either got, and he put me on a couple of sessions to do, still made money at the end of the day. 
or you say just make beats or just want to you know just want to sell a beat to somebody but he was able to teach me all the ropes before i actually came out here and started you know started doing everything for my own so when you came out here, you were you was that your way of making money was engineering at studios or or did you pick up a normal job or how do you how that um, process look? At first, it was it was a normal job, but um engineering engineering uh-huh. engineering was a normal job. When it came out to the produce uh producing, at this time I wasn't actually out there as a producer. They just know me as a engineer, uh, at, no a, um an engineer in a beat battle. A lot of because mm-hmm. at this time I uh, it was certain competitions like. You got certain producers that probably like call you out out of nowhere on some on some crazy shit. You be like, yo, we got beef. Run me your best beat. Shoot, it'll be on some friendly beat. It'll be on oh, some okay. like on some friendly competition shit. But you know, at the end of the day, we'll beef it up at the end, you know, beef it up, try to like, you know, stir the pot up a little bit, probably throw some hot sauce mm-hmm. up in there, make these people know, oh yeah, this is a battle right here. Y'all need to look forward to see. Like they gonna be thinking that yo, it's uh, Mayweather versus uh, McGregor. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> it 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 be it be them type of beat battles, and then so uh, we be trying to boost them up and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, like I say, I was out there. Uh, I was out there, Scottdale Engineering, and what happened? The uh, the studio got broken into, and what I was everything in the studio, and this um, I remember it like it was like a couple years ago, but. We lost everything, and I had to go ahead and work in nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, started working at the uh, started uh, working at the underground. Uh, been there. For, I was working there for like three years. Worked from 2015 all the way up to 2000. Well, I'd probably say like two and a half. My mm-hmm. bad, like two and a half. So like 2015 to 2017, like that. But around the time I was working down there, that's when um, I was. Uh, I was appointed to Rara, which Rara was uh, at this time. He just got signed to uh, he got signed to Ti uh, Ti's label, uh, Grand Hustle, mm-hmm. and um, he kind of had pop, he kind of popped me. He kind of um, told me about you know the artist Tokyo Jets that he you know that they were starting to work with, and that's kind of like how it came about that me and Tokyo kind of started working together. All right, so cool. So you were working at the Underground. Mm-hmm. You ran into this artist. Mm-hmm. Then what? Uh, and then you move on to Loud House, or did um, you? I, I rent. I went on. I went on ahead, and I started working. Um, I started working for Rara for a little bit, like being like a personal engineer, like being a personal okay. engineer. Um, working with Rara, I and mean, I said led to working with Tokyo, which led to you know, like me and her had like a little, a little uh, constant relationship okay. and everything. So we just started working. Um, and then um, at that time. While I was still working at the underground, I, that's when I kind of I came across uh, Lil Baby for the first time. At this time, nobody did not know who Lil Baby was. Uh, this around the time uh, he had uh, he had options in rotation, and he was down there. He was down there. I, I remember like I remember walking outside and I was just like, "Yo, you Lil Baby?" He was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Man, um, um, I want to do some work with you. Whenever you know, try to you know try to get some beats in and everything, or you know, trying to get some engineering stuff mm-hmm. together." So, um, just to make it short, clip on you know, I went on ahead, took a picture, and you know, I tried to put up on Instagram, so you know, try to see, you know, try to get him, you know, follow the kid back or anything. I don't try to like, you know, at least try to like beg him to go ahead and follow the kid back, mm-hmm. but you know, I just know everything was a time thing. So, uh, at this time, this like probably like my last year working at the job, and um, my boss uh, uh, went on ahead and gave me a raise. 
And I started, uh, I started running the store as in being assistant manager. At this time, um, Tokyo just now got signed to, uh, got signed to Grand Hustle. And a lot of stuff I was doing, I was working with Tokyo on, it started, like, the work starting to get it out there and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, had to quit my job, started working at Lighthouse, and uh, then I had came across, you know, my my two best friends now, which is Turbo and D Sims, mm. which both of them uh, kind of taught me little ways around, you know, with Atlanta artists and everything, and kind of like taught me a little stuff with, you know, with their studio, brought me in with open arms, and from there it was just kind of like, you know, it was just it was the Lighthouse family from there on out. Mm. <laughs> Is that the the first Lighthouse, right? Yeah, that was like when it was on the over east there on side. the east side. Yeah, the one that's all deep off in the the one that was deep, deep, Ooh. deep. Yeah, bro, I remember I went there the first time. I thought <laughs> I was in like a zombie movie or like a yeah, it was like a ha- haunted, yeah, 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 haunted yeah, house, that, that haunted abandoned like, hospital or some shit. When right. they went through, like, oh, uh, we be telling people like, yo, you gotta hey, go yeah, through the gotta back, go through the back, you gotta cut through here. He's like. Hey y'all, no. y'all, you sure it's the right one? Yeah, this right one. And I say, yeah. well, like, we come out there, but the crazy thing about it, like, um, you know, cause we try to talk to the people in the hallway when we gotta go out the door. You know, why you going out the door? The uh the signal, the signal like cut off on your mm. phone and everything else. So like we try we try to do everything we can, like, you know, try to like work the situation out. You're like, bro, I'm, I'm around the corner. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Lights start shutting off. <laughs> really? Did a whole lot of like, man, you get to the point, man. Then that's to happen. Another rental car just come and pop up. Then you're going to be thinking that they trying to rob right, you. Right. But they they there just for the session because they in the B room. So, <laughs> looking, back yeah. at, looking back at it, um, the two and a half years that you did put into a regular job, mm-hmm. you think if you could um, go back, do you think you would have went to a job? you think you might have tried to like stick it out a little bit longer, try to figure um, out a way to... To be honest, um... When it came down to um, if I did chose to go back to my job, I probably would have, but I wouldn't be there long for like how, you know. Like as long as you to. did. Yeah. Gotcha. But then on top of that too, like the way that the the job was down there, like I kind of had like, you know how sometimes, you know, they, they sometimes give you more power than what you, you think you have. <laughs> You had a good there. Yeah, yeah. That was it is the yeah. underground, but, but, like but, the underground. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's it's the underground. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it was kind of like it's like a little, it was like a little leisure, right? And that's cool it? and all, but I'm asking, it did that, did that slow your progress down? That those two and a half years, um, like maybe if you would have cut it a year short, do you think that would... it was certain? It was um, it was certain times I felt like I was, I felt like I was weighed down, like um, I felt like it was certain times um, when I had. When I had sessions, the same time that I was like working, and when I be trying to get off and everything, my boss don't did, did not pay no attention to what I had going on at the time. So at the end of the day, he was just telling me, "Yo, you have to stay in. You have to stay here. You have to stay in." And then uh, the crazy, well, crazy was when I um, when he actually heard two of the records that I had put out. Like it was one with this girl named uh, with one with Tokyo. Then the other one with this girl go uh with my uh with my friend from Mobile, she go by the name of Bianca Clark. Uh she had uh I'm with it in rotation on Pandora. And we normally be playing the Pandora uh we be uh, playing the uh Pandora or rotation in the store. So when he actually heard my song, he heard my tag, he was like, Is that you? He was like, Yeah, that's me. It was like, word? I was like, Yeah, 
next day from down out, it was kind of like a whole different respect. Yeah. Mm. Like he started, he's asked me if I was going to the studio today and everything. Hey, yeah, hey, what like, you doing out there? You trying to record me? You, you know, know but this thing though, he ain't, but he, he was Asian. Hey, that don't mean nothing. I, mean, yeah, I ain't had nothing against that, but Rich, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, it was just, you know, it was just, you know, respect. Cause at the end of the day, I never would think, you know, he would actually be listening to people like Tokyo Jets or someone mm-hmm. like that. But at the end of the day, I was able to gain. I mean, shoot, if you're working at the underground, though, you're a little bit at least in touch with I mean, the culture. I mean, least. but um, wait, um, but the reason why he kind of did it because he had a uh, he had a little flashback moment because um. He was telling me about the time when he was working at the uh when um Trinidad James was working down there at the underground. Mm. And he was working uh he was working at the uh the City Gear store. Damn, I never knew the that. The crazy thing, the crazy thing about it, he was there when goddamn when all goals everything dropped, and this nigga literally just quit his job after that. Was he the manager? Was the agent dude the manager? I think he was one no, the agent dude, the agent dude, he was the manager of the clothing store. Um when it came out to City Gear, City Gear was like oh, I know, right, yeah, yeah right yeah. above the store. So at the end of the day, like anybody who uh, that was trying to get close from us, we tell them like when it came out to shoes, you go to City Gear or go to Foot Lock. Mm-hmm. So it's just so, like either or thing. So Trinidad wasn't really having when that song came out. Oh no, I mean it wasn't heavy. Like it wasn't known until like like once the song actually just hit rotation. That's when got, that's when like everything kind of changed for him. Manager stopped. Manager stopped seeing him around. And at the end of the day, he just know. He just know. He thought that he was able to hear him, but really, overall, it was the radio. Yeah. So. But I'm just saying, like when that song came out, you would have thought Trinidad was rich as hell. Oh, I, I, I shit. I know I was. I was one of them. Right. I, I, I was shoot what, doing thinking? like doing everything that a producer was gonna do. Shoot, find out what his email was right, and right. send and try to send beats as possible. That's I promise. I promise. When it came out to when it came out of that for me, that was like. That was kind of like a big heavy. That was kind of like big heavy on me because I was doing my best trying to like follow up, follow up on like when it come down like when when you meet with artists out in public and everything. Because I was the type at first, I was the type to be out in public. Just you know, it doesn't matter if I wasn't shopping. I was just just walking around just to see you know who I was out and about. And then I probably like you say you never know who you're gonna come across. So whatever artist I try to come across, I try to do my best to at least try to get the emails right then and there on the spot. Mm. Before you know, before anything else happens. So I got a question. What advice, like after this whole journey you went through, what advice would you give your give producers that are looking to do something or uh, kind of follow in your footsteps? Like take make the move, uh, come to Atlanta, be a producer, engineer. So <laughs> go with your faith, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because that's all. That's all you're gonna have. Like that's all you're gonna have. Your balls, your word, and faith. Mm. I promise. Like, cause when it came down to when it came out of Jay Rich Hill, Jay Rich or um and Presley, they wasn't really they was gonna really they was gonna move to Atlanta, but it was gonna take them like probably like another two or three years until like until we had like a little until like a, a accident happened um during spring break. They had like a little tornado storm came through the campus. So it was like from there on out, like I didn't want to leave them out there and got them and, you know, in Alabama and, you know, they want to do they same. They want they got the same dream like I got. I mean, we all working and everything like he got placements. I got placements. Presley got placements. We all just need to just stay working together. So I had to tell him, come to Atlanta. And we had we just from there on out, it just been a blessing. Mm-hmm. We just been gaining placements here and there and stuff. And they're really just looking forward to see what's next year going to bring for us. For a producer that thinks they're going to be able to move to Atlanta and get a job as an engineer pretty easily, what are no. your thoughts on that? No, it's never it's never going to be easy. 
it's never gonna be because at the end of the day, it's like you're going you're gonna have to you're gonna have com- you have competition. I'm one of your competition. Already I'm gonna let you know off the rip. I'm one of your competition. They rich. It's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be like it's a lot of people. Like every day, it's a lot of people that, that move out here to Atlanta just on the simple fact of you know music. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just moving out here to Atlanta. I just feel like when you come down to Atlanta, people think it's easy. It's easy exposed. No, yeah, it's never. It's never. It's nothing. Never. Nothing's too easy. I mean, nothing's gonna be easy at the right. end of the day. You're, you're gonna, gonna. You're gonna have to work for your shit. You're not just gonna be able to walk in sessions. Yeah, like like. That. like Hey, when it come down, to, um, when it came down to certain situ- um, certain situations and certain sessions I wanted to get in, I couldn't actually get up in them for real at first. I had to literally have to know somebody that was in that session so I could actually be like, "Yo, would I be able to pop or whatever, baby, yeah, pop up with that?" Gotcha. You know, you know. What was you doing? Just uh, just being a fly on the wall the first couple of sessions, and then like yeah, you weren't, you weren't, were you being vocal of when you I, first got in the session? We'd be like, "Yo, what's good? My name is X, Y, and Z." No, uh, I, 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 I was actually the type just you know, just you know, I'll be a fly on the wall at first, but then when it come down to the next session, we come at the next session, I'm gonna let you know, you know, what I'm working with, what I do, and everything else, mm. and then just let the you know. To let the relationship build from them. Now we get a lot of producers that come on here and be like, if they were if they were to do it again, and they were coming to Atlanta from another city. Their strategy is they'd be outside of every studio, handing out beats, or they'd be booking sessions in studios. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I ain't gonna lie to you. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is when you come down to here, because yeah, because yeah, think about it, like shoot, people like like now when you come down to people walking up to you, you don't know what the hell they're gonna do. You don't know they probably got a gun on you or somewhere. True, true. Shoot, I mean like shoot, you try to get them pulled out the little CD that they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bro, I was just trying to give you my beat tape. And plus, I, I just want to get heard. I just want to get heard, and it's like, no, that's not gonna work. And it's like, oh man, I just shot somebody, <sighs> and I thought it was a gun. But but then um, I don't think but, it's like hard too because like we've been in sessions at Loud House where we've been in the A room. And, you know, like Gunna or, you know, somebody Pablo's in the other room. It's not like we can just go like just because we booked a session. We can't just go knock on the door and be like, yo, uh, Pablo. Right. 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 You can't can't do that. Because like I said, at the end of the day, you kind of, you know, you kind of disrespecting somebody else's space. Like at that time, that probably be them, you know, doing their work and everything. But um, what I started, what I started learning and starting seeing other producers do, like when it comes down to like Metro Boomin and a couple other producers like that. What they do is they actually buy it. They'll get their own studio space. Like either you can get your own studio space, uh, studio space, or you're gonna buy your own studio time. Me, I'm going ahead and gonna buy my own studio time. Cause when it comes down to like whoever artist, whoever artist I want to bring up there, the the record is gonna be you know it's gonna be me whoever the artist is. But like yeah, think about it. When it come down to the control of the record, the producer is gonna have the control of the record. Just off, just off the, you know. Now, off. what do you mean, um, buy a studio or buy the studio space? You mean like if I'm gonna go to Loud House, yeah, like and I'm just, trying to run into somebody, I, I'm gonna book my own session. So even if I do run into somebody, they can come into my session. That look, that's because that because you gotta, gotta think about it. Dude. A lot of times that could probably happen. Like, like even though it's kind of like it is kind of weird, it's vice versa. But you just gotta think about it. Like, okay, if and this is like a perfect example. Like, um, I was in the D room one day. And Thug ended up like walking to the bathroom somewhat, and then got he was about to walk back into the room. He actually heard the beat I was making. Came up in the room, saw what I was doing, see what see what I was who I who am who am I? You know, just trying to put you know <laughs> trying to put A and B together. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing he said was, "Pull that beat up." I mean, 
That's how the slime is that the slime language placement you got? Oh uh, no, that's not that's not the slime language placement. Mm-hmm. That's actually the one that got leaked. That no, that's not even the one that got leaked. It's yeah. uh the song that was is actually it's in progress. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like it's mm-hmm. just in the archives as it is. Got mm-hmm. you. But overall, I would prefer people to go ahead and like be able to go ahead and buy your own sessions. Because, like I say, you never know who's going to pop up at that studio, who's going to walk in on you, you know, you up in there just making beats. Cool. Make it, like, make a, like, just be able to grasp something from them, like, from it. Because, like, at the end of the day, you ain't going to, you know, you ain't going to just go to the studio, just, you know, make beats, call the day, and just go home. It's going to be something there that you're going to, that, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like a little blessing there for you. You never know who it's going to be. How long sessions you normally book? Two, three, four hours? Um... Probably like normal three, four hour sessions, you know, just, you would know, you, get some beats together. Would you go at nighttime during the daytime? Like what time? Because, you know, you want to wanna go when it's prime I time. Used, I used to be a night owl. Mm. I used to be like a real night owl. Uh, I used to be like doing like little sessions like eight o'clock at night all the way to eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Probably past that. Probably go up to two days, three days. Mm. And that's that, probably your best chance to run into artists. Yeah, that, but that's that's the best time to because like at the end of the day, because like first Hell yeah, they gonna look at you and be like, damn, man, you burnt. But at the end of the day, they'll know for sure that you working. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. If they know for sure that you working, you good. Like mm-hmm. they they gonna they gonna support, gonna they gonna support anybody that actually like who put in who put in the effort. What you mean they're gonna look at you like you burnt? I mean, bro, like, you, know, you know, you look like, like okay, now burnt, you know, like pressing your eyes. Goddamn, oh yeah, you sleeping in the studio. Oh yeah, yeah. You just got that look. You you you, you, you look you look like you you falling asleep while you're making the beat. Wake up, you're still making the beat, then you probably fall back to sleep. Mm. But that's respectable though. Yeah, you know, that's like respect- you said, you're I mean, there putting the, in the yeah, work. I mean, that's a respectful thing, but you know, I mean if you've been if you've been there eight to eight, you know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean, like you work. You know what I mean? It's respectful that thing, but at the end of the day, you know for sure. Like me, myself, and I, I know when I'm burnt. Mm. I it's been a million times. I it's a million times I be feeling like I'm burnt, but at the end of the day, like a lot of people, like, if you're gonna be burnt. At least got him. Be burnt in the right place. Yeah. Bam! There you go. <laughs> no, no, I got, a, I got a question too. So this is not a, this is not just as, uh, especially if you're someone that has a, a work a regular job, this is not just an easy investment. It's not like, oh yeah, I can just, I'm going to drop 300 tonight to go book a session at Loud. Oh. Like in these sessions where the big artists are, you know what I mean? They're expensive studio. Mm-hmm. How do you find the balance? Like, um, do the, you book a the, session with 10 producers and y'all chip in 20? Like, how do you do it? I mean... <laughs> hey, bro, you're like, 15 mostly, minutes up. <laughs> I mean, mostly half the time, um, it mostly was just like, most, you mostly dealing with like, you know, put in. I mean, um, it'd be, it'd be, it'd probably be like one time I probably just pay the session myself and I'd probably just call, like call Gino, come from Mobile all the way up here, just, you know, just collaborate, just, you know, do some collaborations and stuff. Uh, um, and it just kind of like, the reason why that, because, I mean, working, I'd probably say like working with other, like working with studios, you know, when you're trying to, uh, when you're trying to like do beats and stuff, you're trying to at least try to get, the, you know, try to get the best sound. So when it comes down to, um, when it comes out to like people chipping in on studios and everything else, try to at least try to, you know, trying to find yourself a good studio, you know, it actually be suitable for your sound. Because mm-hmm. cause same sound you probably get at one studio ain't going to be the same, it's going to be the same sound for the other one. Mm-hmm. Now I had a question when you said Thug walked in, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, yo, pull up that beat. What did that process look like? Were you like, okay, I'm gonna pull up the MP3? Did you pull up Pro Tools? What did you do? Yeah, Give him the wave. For real, for real, I, um, he already had his en- he already had his engineer. Okay. Only thing I did was just kind of just put it on the drum drive and just gave it to his engineer. For okay. There. And then what did you do after that? Were you just like, hey, yo, thug? From there, it was just like, <laughs> from there on out, from there on out, it was kind of like, 
Just understood. It's a, a question mark. What's next? Mm-hmm. I never find out. I never, I never like find out whatever happened. It's kind of like shit just come unexpected. Mm-hmm. So uh, now talk about like when, you know, some producers might have been, might have been like a hey, thug, you know, that beat ain't free. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, what was your process? Like, would you like, nigga, that's thug. Like, or- I mean, it's kind of, um, in this, in this, in, um, when it comes down to that, it's kind of like a gamble. Mm-hmm. I, it's like, you know. I'll roll the dice on this one. Yeah, I'm just going to roll the dice on this one. Like, it's like, uh, in this case, because it's thug, hell yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, probably like, go ahead and let him do whatever he got to do to beat. But then on top of that, too, in my head, I'm just like, okay, it got to be some business behind it. So at the end of the day, everything's going to get cleared and understanding, like, you know, whenever, you know, everything's... But how do you know, how do you know, like, Doug may not come and may not know who you are. I mean, true. how is the business gonna get handled? Are you are you worried that like oh I gotta make sure I go register this just in case or if I hear it like true. At the end of the day, I will say like I said, I will say go ahead and get it registered. You know, but like, you, you, you can't, like, you can't I, register though after the song drops, right? I mean, you can't. I mean, most of half the time, like um, you got certain producers who actually just register the beat as what it is, mm. and like. And whenever, As its own composition yeah, type. when they like say whatever, when or whoever has that same beat, and whenever the beat is heard, like say you're still getting paid off it. It's mm-hmm. like something like it's just like when it come down to uh, DJs, you got certain DJs who produce also. And like when it come down to them, when they be like doing like big events and big music festivals and everything, and they only just playing just they beat, they getting paid off of that just because it's just the instrumental itself. So it's kind of like the same. It's kind of like when it come when it's the same thing. So. Vice versa. If I go ahead and just register the beat right now is what it is, when it come down to when it come down to their end, they'll know who the beat is, gotcha. but they don't know who they need to come to and everything. So, you know, try to Did you do that with this thug situation? No, when it came, when most when most thug situations, I kind I already knew just kinda just ate. No, no, I kinda knew no, I kinda knew the people behind it. Okay. okay. So like um the person, like one of the people who actually helped me with some of the situations, uh, uh, the guy I go by the name of Geoff. Geoff, he he can't help me, uh, help me out with a lot of situations about what I said. Got you. Yeah. So good people. Now, if you if you if you land a placement with an artist signed to attached to a major label, right? Mm-hmm. Um, say you know, say you just emailed him the beat, right? Mm-hmm. Are you are you gonna are they gonna, and and then say you never contact you never in contact until that that album is about to come out, right? Mm-hmm. Are they gonna? Hundred percent contact you before they release it, or is there a chance that they might just put it out without talking to you? I mean, so far I put it like this. So far, when it come down to me, I've been like directed, like being contacted directly. That's good. It doesn't matter if it's a if it's email, if it's phone number, because um, when it came down to uh, when it came down to beats I sent out. It can't, it'll, um, what I'd be naming my beats is what actually be helping them out. Like, uh, like sometimes I'll probably like, I put the name of the beat, I put the beat, uh, put the, uh, beat per minute on there and I let them know who is the producer of the track. Mm-hmm. When it comes down. So you mean on the email? Uh, no, on the, not on the actual email, on the actual track itself. Like say for instance, like you bounce like the mm-hmm. MP3. It's so it's got a long that. ass name on yeah, it. Yeah, it's got okay, a long okay. ass name on it, but at the end That's of the day, easy. It's everything's okay. going to be there. Okay. Shoot, like um, it's another producer who be doing who be uh who be doing it um Tasha, Tasha, Tasha Couture, Tasha Couture when she when come down to her when she be sending her beats out, mm-hmm. everything is on that beat. The beat per minute on there, the tempo is on there, 
and her number is on there just in case if you know when when y'all ready to cut it, y'all ready to cut the check mm. and everything. That's the number. That's right smart. There I never even thought about that. And like it's just like it's just little. It's just little. Um, it's just like makes little, it more convenient. It's like a little more convenient. And everything you know, you be able to con- either contact you know contact the producer on the beat and everything. That's kind of like that's kind of like well, one of the problems that we kind of have now because like it gets to the point. It gets to the point that when it comes out to us, when it comes out to us producers, um. We be trying to like at least try to do everything in works. Like we want, we want to, you know, we want to feel like you know we empowered to you know we be, like <laughs> hey be man, able I'll like put you know, my name. Oh, yeah, I know I can do this business and everything. I'm t- I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm not the type. I don't, I don't, I don't like the business game. But at the end of the day, I because of what I do, I have to play it. Mm. I mean, so like when it comes out to me, I probably like say I get some you I'll get I'll get somebody trustworthy that I can you know I can use to be able to you know put up inform to put the information in for me and everything so mm-hmm. you know we'd be able to get paid as a team. Cool. And when when it does come time and the label reaches out to you or whoever reaches out to you, are they automatically talking to upfront bag or is that something you gotta bring up? Um most of half the time they most of half the time they uh they, it's it's like a, uh, it's a, it's, a going, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's got it's it's gonna give an like uh an event. Yeah. Just you know just something the simple fact is because you wanted to go ahead and you know give them the beat, let them do whatever the hell they had to do before we even before you even get paid of it. Mm-hmm. Like, why not go ahead and give me an event? All right, but I'm saying, are they bringing it up or do you? Oh no, they no, and that's true. It's it's, it's they already brought it's like it's already brought they up. They already got a number and everything. Mm-hmm. But like but I that said, advance it, also has to still be recouped though. From yeah, yourself. like I say, okay. it's still like I say, it's still like I say, it still could be recouped. But then on top of that too, you can still be able to re uh, renegotiate the uh, no the contract and everything. But even if the song flops, like it's not like you have to pay it back. You you just get get your advance and that's it. No, that's it. That is it. No, like once y'all once y'all actually once y'all actually come up with like an agreement, that just is what it is. That's the the, that's a sign sealed deliver for them. You label like, hey, bro, that that song didn't do. I'm gonna need that thirty back. (laughs) Like, hey, man, it's just you won't get any additional money, pretty much, right? right. Man, I remember, I remember, I had that happen one time. But this thing, it wasn't no label. It wasn't. It just was just a regular art. And they hit you back like, yeah, Yo, I like, need that back. Like no, like like the crazy thing about like um, we did the song like we did the song like once um this was like when I lived back in Mobile, we did the song probably like around some twelve o'clock one o'clock in the morning type thing. We like we uh we like yo this sound like a hard ass song, and then he was like yo the next day he gonna go to the strip club with it. Went to the strip club with it. I'm still in the session. I'm re- I'm I'm recording somebody else the next day. You know mixing and everything else. I get the call from him. He tell me yo. You still got that session? I said, yeah, I still got the session. He said, all right, man, I need that session, but I ain't going to lie to you. We probably going to have to choose another beat. I'm like, what you mean? He said, bro, because, man, for some reason, man, I'm just not feeling it. I'm like, what you mean you're not feeling it? What I'm saying is I just want to see if I could be able to get another beat or be able to get some money back. You're not gonna go buy a car and couple like a week later be like, hey, bro. You know I never ever look <laughs> from there from that day forward. That just let me know, bro. That this music game is crazy, bro. Yeah. Or everything it's just like it to be a lot of a lot of crazy stuff be happening. And I mean, like, I'm asking myself the whole time, would I actually give somebody their money back? 
after daylight. We had a 30 day refund policy over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, like, you can look at the contract and say, oh yeah, we got 30 days before you got that. You know, I can give you back your money and everything else. If this, if this record does not go according to play. It doesn't have 500,000 streams on Spotify. You get I know. If you money do not back reach guaranteed. the criteria, you know, if you don't reach the criteria, you know, we're going to give you your money back. No. That's just like, man, like if you're trying to continue business, why would you even try somebody like that or come at somebody like right. that? Like, just that's take automatically, yeah, like, just someone take comes at me man, like that. I mean, trying to treat me that's like That's going to always be in the back of my mind that that happens. Like, they're trying to treat you like Walmart and Mind yeah. everything, they, you know. Like, come on, bro. We was just in the studio vibing and see you. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, That's some fuck shit. I mean, it's like I'm like, cause the crazy thing, the crazy thing about it, cause I was, cause I had to ask, I had to tell them the same way. So it's like, you know, I was like, cause you know, uh, the person that I was working with, he was like working at like you know one of them shoe stores, but it's like one of them, one of them, not like one of the main shoe stores, but one of them. Oh yeah, you could go to that store. You know, I know for sure you'll get some shoes. Mm. That them type of stores. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of them in, in Alabama. But um, I went. Uh, I had got them. Had told him. I said, "Yo, man. So um, you remember the shoes I had got from you the other day?" He was like, "Yeah, man. Well, see, man. See, like the feet up. See, like the goddamn the crease of me. It, it didn't feel right on me. So I want to see if I can bring them back. Even though, <laughs> even though, even though I paid them three months ago. Right. <laughs> I bought them three still, months ago. I, I wore them the whole I three months. I wasn't getting enough compliments, bro. Yeah, like, nobody really was fucking with them. I could pick a different pair. Like, hell no. Nah. Yeah, but but I was just trying to tell them that, you know, just get like, you know, just, you know, just kind of like, you know, perfect example of what I meant by, yo. So when he, when he, when he said this, like, what were you, what was your reaction? Were you mad? Be like, bro, don't try me. Or were you like, hey man, look, I, I understand what you're going through. I, you know, blah, blah. Like, how were you, how were you speaking with him? I ain't gonna lie to you because at this time I was, I did not know business business. I didn't know how. Okay, like, I don't, I ain't knew business is business at that time. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was just like, when it came down to music, I was just more just wanting to work. Mm-hmm. So, once he told me that, I kind of laughed my ass off, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And he heard me laughing on the phone. Mm-hmm. And But that, I mean, that's still business, and that lets him know, like, yeah, but that's it got to the point that goddamn it, it it got to the point that he wanted to try to fight me and everything oh, else. Okay, so yeah, yeah. When, you know when you're trying to when you be laughing at somebody on the phone, they you just like you know <laughs> they just think that everything that you just think oh yeah you think I'm a, you think I'm bullshitting or something huh you think I'm a you think I'm oh you think I'm a, like one of them little dogs to be playing at school and stuff <laughs> nah it, it just that day I just didn't know nothing about the business that's it so, Sam knows something about that yeah. <laughs> Sam crack it up yeah I'm about to say he he, he like he I guess the per, I guess he I guess he wasn't like the funny type for real for real because you know I'm the type I, it doesn't matter what it was it was just funny to me mm-hmm. but to him you know he was just like nah man I just need that money or one way or another and he actually did he almost got the money one way or another but at the end of the day he just we just had to talk it out at the end, you know mm-hmm. the better communication so how did the um the drip harder placement come about uh drip harder placement came about well first thing first shout out to Turbo you know, for him, you know, is uh executive producing the project. Um, he called me. Um, he called me one regular day. Um, we was just you know, he was at the studio with Gunner and everything else. Mostly half the time. Um, sometimes you know we we kind of, we produce kind of like look out for each other when it come down to like certain situations. Like say mm-hmm. instance, I probably don't feel like engineering. I'm gonna call one of my people see if, you know if they'd be able to come engineer. Um, it was just one of them nights, you know. Burnt out nights. We end up calling me. Want to go? I went up there to the studio. You know, to, co- uh, to go record Gunner. And um, I put up one. Um, I pull up one of the beats. And the crazy, the crazy thing about it, it was one. Um, before this session, seven that all this was done the day of the session. This crazy. 
the uh, probably a couple hours before then, me and uh, me and June was uh, me and June James. Me and him was work. We me and him was working with uh, with this other with this musician go by the name of uh, Sheldon. He uh, he helped out with the uh, he helped out with the placement also. Um, we was all we was all at the studio. We all were just working on this beat. And I got the call from Turbo, like probably like a couple hours after the session. And he was telling me to push up. So I went over there and pushed up on Gunner, uh, recorded him on a few songs. It was a record that um that me and Gunner ain't finished. And we had we done had finished up that night. And then on top of that, too, we had some more records in play. Um and then around this time, I was still working with, I was still working with baby. So like I was going back and forth from where baby was at and then where Gunner was at, just, you know, just trying to like, you know, just trying to, trying to fit my way in. Yeah. So like, it was one day, um, it was after they said that was, uh, that the, uh, that the Drip Harder project was done, but it wasn't even done yet. Cause we had to, uh, we had to go to New York and, um, had to, you know, had to turn in the project stuff. So before we went to, uh, before we went to New York, uh, baby had played the record and I was like, that's not like my beat. And I'm like, the whole time, I ain't say nothing. Now, the thing about this, Baby don't even know that I even made this beat. I ain't let him know I made the beat until after that it dropped. Because mm. at this time, um, at this time, I had another I had another beat tag going on at the time. It was like the Mad Tats, they been booming off rip. But I felt like, and a lot of people felt like it was a long ass tag. It yeah. felt like, it felt like, you know, like somebody's about to rap on it and everything mm. else. But like, it's dope for me because I like, because I just like, you know, just what it is. But, I went on ahead and I had to uh had to dim it down to Matt What Up. And that was kind of like catching more than like any of the other tags I had in rotation at the time. So once that song actually dropped and Turbo let me know that, you know, that that song made it to the uh to the tape, I was just kind of like, oh yeah, we about to hey, it was kind of like a new beginning for real, for real. I was just like hoping for the best, like, yo, I need I need to try to get some more in with them and everything. Yeah. So just from there, it was just kind of like, yo, we got we got everything together. Mm. Had a little, had a little, conf- we had a little, um, little business confusion in between, but at the end of the day, we're just happy enough to get the project out, go ahead and just have everybody listen to it and everything. Why did you choose not to say anything when he was playing it for you? Can we pause real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Can we pause real quick? All right. What up, man? Shit, over here, Buckhead, about to, I'm about to head, oh, you need me head towards your way. All right. I'm- and that's see, that's normally conversation right there. That's all you get. You let me know, goddamn, I'm going to the studio and I'm gone. Mm. But um, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna go ahead. We're gonna wrap this up in a minute anyway. But um, but yeah, that's kind of like it when it came out to that project. We just got we just, you know, Turbo went on ahead and executive produced project, let them know what tracks to put together. And just like on the strength of, you know, just me and him bond, we just went on ahead and just said, yo, let's put underdogs on the project. So shout out to Turbo for that. So really, it kind of seems like engineering has kind of been your platform to help get you placements. Yeah, um, it been it um surprisingly, I, before anything, I just I just wanted to be a producer. Yeah, that's all I want. That's all I want to do. But um, over the time while I was just engineering, I started engineering more, and I started engineering more, and started engineering more, and I felt like I, to me, I felt like I was burning myself out because like. I wanted to do more. I wanted to do more making beats than just engineer. But um, somebody was telling me, bro, you could, you could be you doing that, but it could come, but it could come hand to hand. Like a lot of people was, um, 
um, I forgot who I was talking to or I was talking to about this, but he was telling me, man, you blessed got them become an engineer. You blessed to become an engineer because a lot of producers who who want to get beats out there and everything else, but just can't engineer. Like most of the time when it comes down to artists, artists want somebody who want who could engineer and produce. Because on the simple fact, they just want everything be done right then and there on the spot. Doesn't matter. Like when they come in the stu- when they come in the studio, by the time they leave the session, they should be able to have that song with them when they when they leave the session. Mm. Oh, shoot, man. We uh, I know you uh, got to get up out of here. We're gonna wrap it up shortly. But um, one of the last questions I got for you is, would you be happy as uh to be like a world famous engineer, Grammy winning, platinum engineer without having any production placements, or you really truly feel like produce you really need those placements to be. I don't know. I want to say happy, um, but you know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm Would a, you rather a, be like a world-known producer or world-known, a well-known uh, engineer. engineer? Yeah. Okay. Um, damn, that's good. Cause like, to be honest, to, to be honest for real, anything that's involved with famous in, I really don't want to be there. Cause at the end of the day, cause like, like. How about well-respected? Okay. From an and well-paid. And okay. well-paid. See, see, that's see. There could be two different things too. Because look, you could be very respected but not get paid, and you could be get paid well but not be respected. Right, right. So it's like when it come down, when it come down to me, I rather want to, I rather want to just be like, you know, I rather want to be like a well, at least a well paid engineer, but I want to be a respected producer. So a little bit of both. So kind of like a little bit of both. Cool. Ooh. We got one final question. Um, who do you think would win in a fight, a grizzly bear or a silverback gorilla? Shit, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was saying the same damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same damn thing. boy. Look at that silverback gorilla, boy. You think a silverback's gonna beat a grizzly bear? Man, let me tell you something, bro. Let me tell you something about a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear ain't gonna do shit but stand on goddamn four legs. Goddamn, when it comes out to that, <laughs> he got paws and claws. Okay, him. He the, got claws. Okay, what that's he decide he's bigger than a, a silverback, and he got claws. But do you do you hurt a silverback gorilla? Saying, bro, that nigga about to go monkey, you. bro. He about to go monkey. I'm telling you, man. I'm he gonna put my money choke, on the bear. He's gonna choke, choke the bear and everything. I'm telling you. I'm telling. Like, oh, so, hold on. So, who, so what he say? The bell. Silverback. A silver, bro. A silverback is only eight. What about this? No, go ahead. Silverback is only eight feet at most. Mostly weigh probably about 800 pounds. Mm-hmm. A polar bear is over 10 feet tall, mm-hmm. 1,500 pounds, can run 35 miles an hour. A gorilla bear, a gorilla can only run about 20 miles an hour. Right. And he got claws. Right. And he got teeth. Right. And this man live in the middle of nowhere killing seals. Right. And gorillas are vegan. Right. Gor- uh, uh, grizzly Gor- bears are carnivores, so they're right. used to getting prey. Right. Is a gorilla really They're taking really out gorilla? caribou. Right. I ain't never seen a gorilla take out no caribou. Right. But look, it's just like, it's just like, Okay, let me tell you something about Alabama. This is what literally gets the okay, this is how this how, right, how right, we still right. we gonna still gonna go with our answer with Silverback Gorilla. Okay. Okay, perfect example. Who who's gonna win between Alabama and Auburn? Um who's gonna win on the Alabama and Auburn? Alabama. That's all we worried about. Other than that, we just wanna goddamn, we just want look, we're gonna go with our single answer as in Silverback Gorilla. I'm completely lost on that, but I'm gonna be like, all right, I'm just yeah. gonna say so, okay. Like, safe, so say uh, okay. it doesn't matter. Look, nothing else doesn't matter. Oh, you talking about you talking about football, right? Yeah, oh, it's okay. talking about road tie or goddamn Auburn. 
Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. else? Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. I ain't you, you, look, look, I had no idea. Grizzly, the Grizzly Bell could probably win over uh, a Grizzly Bell could probably win over uh, a, a Silverback. Silverback, but you're just gonna say Silverback. Thank you. Okay, I respect that. I respect <laughs> that. I respect <laughs> that. I respect that. Shit, bro, we appreciate you pulling up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, appreciate y'all too, man. Of course. Already, bro. Appreciate you too, bro. Another episode in the books, man. Yes, sir. Hit the subscribe. Peace. Peace.